You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of independent waters i am your host mikey van freddy and joining me as always is Zach. <laughs> do i say this one or do i save it you know what i'll say it zach bigelow wrestling jiggle <laughs> oh my god talk about something i wasn't uh... expecting to fucking hear <laughs> That's from some. That's from Countout exclusive audio that you could get if you donate to our. If you donate to the Countout Network and subscribe for five dollars a month, but we'll get more into that later. Zach, we are here for another episode of Independent Waters. How are you feeling, my man? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I would like for it not to be a thunderstorm outside my house right now, but it was thunder. I heard. Fuck! Yes. I want to go outside. Yeah, I got a full on like. Well, I mean, it slowed down before, but like I had full lightning and everything, and I was just like, ah, Jersey summer. I heard something, but I just figured it was somebody, like, opening my... My room is, like, right next to the garage, so when yeah. someone opens the garage, it, it kind of sounds like thunder. So when I heard the oh. thunder, I was like, oh, somebody's probably just going in the garage. But only if I had uh, a similar experience. But if it is thunder, I just... If it is thunder, we have to stop the recording right now because I have to go sit outside. <laughs> oh, you like, are you one of those Storm Chaser guys? You like to sit out and just listen Not to the thunder? Not even Storm Chaser. I just enjoy the... I just enjoy being in a storm. I just I think it's very... For me, it's very relaxing. Like, not... I don't like driving in it or anything like that, but, like, <laughs> just being able to, like, sit... And like watch it happen under yeah. like a like an awning or like so, or like a roof. Yeah, I get the vibe. It's just nice. You, you know? sit there and watch it. You hear like listen a to it. Crackle yeah. of thunder, and you're just like, ah, this is nice. It's beautiful. It's just it's just beautiful what nature can do sometimes. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going crazy too. I shut my windows and I thought I saw lightning, and I'm like, nah, there's no nah. lightning. And then I walked down my steps, and two seconds later, just big ass bolts of like flash of lightning outside my window, and I was like, all right, it's fucking <laughs> raining. It's pouring. Remember- Remember a few weeks ago when it was, like, really, really, really hot? Yes. Like, stupid hot? Mm-hmm. There was... I remember I was hanging out at my... I was hanging out at a friend's house, and we were in the pool. And we just... We, one time we looked, we saw, I saw a flash, and I was like, it, it can't... I was like, that can't be lightning. It's not even raining out. There's no storm even close. How is there... I was like, there's no way that's lightning. And then I looked again, and the lightning was red because it was just heat lightning. Oh. So it was just, like, orange lightning. It was that- so hot... That it was that heat lightning was just happening, and we That's were like, "This is crazy, insane! It sounds sick." Just oh yeah, it was like it was like it, it, it wasn't like blue, like like or like whitish, like normal lighting. It was like orangey, and like an to orange hue to it. It was this, very cool. that sounds awesome. Heat, heat lightning is sick. Nice. <laughs> oh, let me look. I can't spell lightning for the life of me. Yeah. Yeah, heat lighting is like orange. It's cool. Speaking of it's heat lightning, cool. what heat are you bringing today, Mikey? Perfect transition. Absolutely flawless. Absolutely. Let me tell you. Thank you. S plus. S plus. 
absolutely flawless. I, I was I was entranced by pictures of heat lightning. <laughs> um, so uh, I brought I think I brought some heat today. I had two pretty solid matchups here, mm-hmm. uh, and the one we both brought the one we both brought to the table. Yes, I think was pretty cool. Agreed. So who started off last week in terms of uh, matches? Uh, I believe it was you. It was you, so why don't you kick us off with your first match of the night? Okay. So, for this week, I brought, for those of you that didn't weren't here last week, I'm bringing this week JT Dunn, JT Dunn going against Ricky Archer J- at... JTG Dunn, JTG Dunn, <laughs> JT Gun, JT Gun. <laughs> oh my god. JT Dunn going against Ricky Archer at Chaotic Wrestling, and then La Rosa Negra going against Kylan King at Mission Pro Wrestling. So, I'm going to start off today with the match that I'm probably the most excited for, for my two picks, which is JT Dunn and Ricky Archer's match. So, story going to this match was that Dunn was trying to recruit Archer to his faction, known as The Unit. Which, by the way, great name for a faction. I love the name. It's simple, and it is a great name to say. So, these two get right into it with a quick back and forth. You know, chain wrestling. Dunn gets the upper hand, as you'd expect from a member of, of formerly Death by Elbow. Indeed. Uh, he gets the upper hand. He then goes to clock Archer with an elbow. And funnily enough, which, as I said before, he is Death by Elbow. So that is his finisher, Death by Elbow. He stops <laughs> short. And he you looks know, that at, makes sense. <laughs> he looks at Archer and he, go, he points at the elbow and goes, you only get one of those. Pay attention. And I was like, damn. All right. Shit. They get right back into it. We get some more chain wrestling. Except this time, Archer uses his speed to out-wrestle Dunn with a snapmare that he immediately converts into a cradle pin, which looked very fluid, nice. which I liked. Nope. Dunn kicks out of it, and then Archer goes to punch him and stop short. And then, like, Dunn is kind of like a, you only get one of those. It's like, like he's got you a very, get like, one. He, gets, he has, like, a very nonchalant, like, kind of like a smart-ass attitude, which I kind of love. I'm not going to lie. He's very mm-hmm. laid back, and he's just kind of giving him just wisecracks throughout the match, which you'll see in a little bit. So Dunn then gets up in his face and says, you think you're better than me? You trying to embarrass me? And every time oh, he said damn. Archer is just kind of like, maybe a little bit. Yes. Just yes, maybe I a little am. bit. Every <laughs> time. So Dunn shoves him and says, show some respect. So Archer shoves him, and then Dunn uses this momentum to shoulder charge him to the mat. Oof. Once again, Archer instantly responds to this by using his agility to outmaneuver Dunn when he goes to go after him with and head scissor him to the floor. Archer then goes for a suicide dive on Dunn, who is now out of the ring. But then Dunn gets into the ring, and on the apron, Archer adapts and nails Dunn with a slingshot spear this time using the middle rope. Because as Damn. Dunn ran into the ring, Archer stopped himself as he was suicide diving, spun around onto the apron, and slingshot his way into the ring. Awesome. Great sequence. Seems like it. Thankfully for Dunn, uh, his entourage then drags him out of the ring and saves him from potentially being pinned as the announcers made a very big deal about this slingshot spear. Okay, the ref then why? warns why? them. Is it like a finisher? I think so. They, they oh, gave okay. off a really big impression of like, oh shit, he hit it. And I was like, he oh. hit it. And I was, was like, like, oh, okay. Oh, okay, cool. Starts to gulp, clap. It's like, shit, all right. So, right. the ref then warns his entourage, if you do anything like that again, you're out of here, right? Keep this in mm-hmm. mind, all right? So, as he's talking to them, Archer then runs up from behind the ref, uses him as, like, a plank to press off of him and jump over him to senton onto all three of them because it's two entourage members and done. 
So then he gets mm-hmm. done back into the ring, and then as he's in the corner, the <laughs> the members of the unit, seemingly with short-term memory loss, seemingly try to grab his leg loss. in the corner, which the ref just said, do it again, you're gone. So the ref gets in, out, like, leans out of the ring and goes, all right, that's it, you two, you're gone. I'm just like, bro, you... <laughs> you... You, did you forget that? Did you think he wasn't looking? They, they're doing it, and the ref's just looking at him like, "Did you even hear me? Like, get out! <laughs> Goodbye." So now the, the commentator's like, "Oh shit, it's an equal matchup now," and I'm like, "All right, here we go." So Archer approaches Dunn in the corner, but Dunn shoves him off before grabbing him and then flatlining him face first into the middle turnbuckle. He then proceeds to, as I wrote down here, tan the hide of Archer's chest with meaty chops while just continuously grinding him down. And so this was streamed on Twitch. So there's like a camera in the middle of the thing. Like he's just like taunting to the camera, taunting to like the crowd, doing his like pose, which is kind of like the, it's like the double hands together, like the prey thing. You nice. know, like it, yeah, it's like that image is his, uh, is his logo on this. So then oh, I, cool. I love this part here where like he now, he then goes and does one of his wrist tapes, right? Mm-hmm. And he uses it to choke out Archer. But what he's doing is he's putting his back to the ref and hiding it, using his body for the ref. So the ref keeps trying to, like, move around to see him doing this, but he just keeps blocking the ref's vision. And as the ref gets around, he just nonchalantly, like, goes, like, you can't see it, but he throws his hands up and he just casually throws the tape out of the ring. Oh, damn. I was like, damn, this fucking guy. We got a fucking... This man is a uh, what's the, a naughty boy here, is how some might say it. Wow, yes. I am really am from talking like that. Yeah, clearly. So, following this, Archer then tries to crossbody Dunn, but Dunn then just kind of does the Samoa Joe thing where he, like, just pushes him down and walks out of the way. And then he stomps on the back of Archer's head with a with what I've written down here as a bicycle stomp. A so, bicycle stomp? Yeah, like, he did the bicycle kick motion, then he stomped on the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. It was nasty. Yeah. Dunn then goes to catapult throw Archer into the corner, but Archer is able to land on the middle rope, and then he does a... Uh, and then he flips around and he cross bodies Dunn off the middle rope. He then hits nice. consecutive running clubbing bows and sends Dunn to the corner. Dunn quickly gets okay. out of it to ki- and kicks Archer in the chest where, uh, when he goes to backdrop him. But then Archer, as I wrote here, manhandles him with a scoop slam while yelling stupid at him. Kind of like how 6ix9ine says stupid. If you know what, what that sounds like. Uh, I don't. It's literally it's, it's like stupid. Uh, okay. It's just like gotcha. this man. You ever just get called an idiot as you're getting scoop slammed by somebody? Yikes. He then hits Dunn with... Just really adding insult to injury. Mm-hmm. He then hits Dunn with a backdrop into face buster combination called the Rick Flip that I thought looked fantastic. Like, if you made that your finisher, I'd be completely fine with it. I believe it. 100%. Mm-hmm. So after this, Archer goes for his finisher, which is called the crossbow. But I don't know what it is because he, spoiler alert, never hits it in this match. He never even gets far enough to do, to go for to hit it, but besides the point. So mm-hmm. Dunn takes him to the mat, seeing this with a lo- double leg takedown, and tries to double stop him. But Archer then rolls out of the way. He then is able to block the JT cutter and then counter it with an inverted face, uh, inverted stomp face breaker, which is kind of like uh, it's I've, I've described this before. It's like Chuck Taylor's, um, where he takes his foot and he pulls his phone face first into his uh, the foot on the side of his jaw. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I, I did a horrible job of explaining that. I butchered it horribly, but... um, Listen, it. I think it works, and people will get it. If you really want to understand it, go watch the match for free on YouTube. Yes. 
So then he follows <laughs> up with a apparently another one of his finishers or signatures, which is a leg drop bulldog, which is again it's like kind of like the um it's the it's like Dol- Dolph Ziggler's famouser. Or yeah, that's it, the famouser. Which mm-hmm. uh, is called the Ark of Justice. And the commentators freak out about this too. Like this is like the slingshot before, but like doubled. But somehow Dunn kicks out. So then Archer goes to press advantage with a running strike in the corner, but Dunn jumps over Archer and hits not only a Gamangiri, but then he transitions that into the JT Cutter. However, Dunn's not satisfied with just this, and instead follows us up with an absolutely ginormous German suplex that just sends Archer careening to the mat. And yet despite this... I love the word careening. Careening <laughs> is such a fun word to say. It's just a fun way to describe falling. Yes, and yes yet, it is. despite <laughs> this, Mikey, Archer kicks out. So oh, Dunn man. takes the kid gloves off or elbow pads off, and sets up for the death by elbow. Now, fortunately for Archer, while he is out of it, he is able to dodge the first death by elbow and counter it with a Gamangiri, and then another inverted stomp facebreaker. Nice. These two then go back and forth trying to hit their finisher on the other, but it's kind of like when you're doing a wrestling game and like you keep like countering the other one's finisher or move like just over and over back and forth. You just keep nailing that timing on the RT yep, button. And exactly. Just like, oh, I have a finisher. Now I have a finisher. Now I have like, a finisher. Oh, oh, who's gonna hit it? Who's gonna hit it? So then, <laughs> who's who's finally gonna mess up on the RT timing? Mm-hmm. So Dunn or, is able to lock. You, I guess in. if you play PS2, R2, R2. I think it's R2. Yeah, it should be R2. So then Dunn locks in a single leg Boston Crab on Archer, but Archer uses his legs to kind of push him off of him. And then hits an absolutely picture-perfect dropkick right into Dunn's face. I was... This is very... I love the way this dropkick looked like. The commentator's like, best dropkick in the business. And I was like, honestly, it's up there, from what I've seen. Is at this point that Dunn is stunned where he stands. So Archer throws him into the ropes, expecting him to just kind of be compliant and just kind of, like, do, like, what he wanted him to do. Like, you know, throw him in and he'll rebound, not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. What he isn't expecting, though, is that Dunn actually has gotten his senses back and holds onto the ropes, so when he jumps up to jump over him, he doesn't jump over anything. And then Dunn runs at him and halfway hits a death-by-elbow square in the jaw. And Damn. as he's picking himself up and cur- and just absolutely floored, Dunn runs at him full speed and hits another death-by-elbow into the back of his head and gets the win. <sighs> Absolutely intense. Great match. Absolutely great match. I gave this match a high met. It is a very good watch. I thought these two did a great job. I, like I said, the the entourage was hilarious to me just for what the, the few seconds they had in this match. I thought that Dunn's character was great. He was a cocky leader of a, like a technical wrestling faction, which is, you know, I've seen before, which is nice. Uh, and Archer, I just thought Archer's nonchalant but disrespectful way of just talking was just amusing compared to how much it, like, was a foil to Dunn's character work here. Yeah, it seems like it was uh, just a great match all around in terms of character work, storytelling, Mm -hmm. and just, like, pure wrestling athleticism. Yeah. Good time. Very good time. Yeah. All right, so let's get into my first match of of the episode here. We got from Hurricane Pro Wrestling. Four. My glasses aren't on straight. Four. <laughs> the Hurricane Pro Cruiserweight Championship. Ooh. We got Miranda Alize taking on Lucas Riley. Oh. Miranda Alize coming in in this one as the champion. And Lucas Riley coming in as the challenger, as you would imagine. I don't know why I'm talking like this. 
It's it's it adds a cinematic flair. It adds a cinematic flair, and pauses for dramatic effect. Oh, he's a genius. <laughs> you know what the number one rule of comedy is, right? Was that timing? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So stupid. What does this podcast become? Anyway, <laughs> me and Zach are both very tired. Clearly, it's like we're always tired in some way. Every once in a while, man, isn't that just life? Just constantly tired. Constantly tired, looking for small windows to escape from the tiredness of reality, like wrestling. Like wrestling. Perfect, perfect segue back to the match. So, Miranda Alize taking on Lucas Riley. Uh, when I talk about the definition of uh, lucha shit, Ooh. it's this match. This match was uh, peak lucha. Re- you know, this match starts off with an amazing, with amazing chain wrestling and an amazing sequence between the two where they're dodging each other's moves, uh, like, like, gra- like getting grapples on each other, but like, in, like, 30 seconds of just them moving around and dancing around each other, like, two whole moves are actually hit, you know? <laughs> like, and and the moves are, like, an arm drag or, like, a Hurricane Rana, where they just get back up on their feet anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, one point where, uh, basically, the, the match starts, they start chain wrestling, and Lucas Riley keeps trying to get the upper hand on Alize, but Alize keeps, uh, like, reversing him and shoving him back into the ground, and it's like, no, 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 I'm in charge here. I'm I'm the champion, you know? Mm. Getting a little cocky, being like, I'm I'm good, I'm better than you are, so relax, kid. Uh, <laughs> Slow your roll. That, yeah, so she's basically on top, she's like, not like, she's not like beating him up, but you can tell that she's definitely in control of this match. Yeah. Um... Then there's one point where he starts getting a little momentum, and she tries to shut it down with the Hurricane Rana, but she Hurricane Rana's him, and he lands on his hands and does a front handspring, oh. <laughs> uh, and lands back on his feet, and this starts an absolutely bonkers sequence that lasts about, like, 30 seconds, and if I tried to describe it on this podcast, it would be absolute audio hell. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Because I couldn't keep up... So uh, I what I I can't, I'm so bad at writing notes that when sequences I love when sequences like this happen because they're awesome to watch but I hate when sequences like this happen because I cannot keep track of what's going on for to to relay it to the audience. It's like being in the eye of a hurricane trying to explain the hurricane to someone outside. Exactly, exactly. Um, basically, so basically this whole match is just a bunch of these two like trading momentum back and forth right now. It's like. It's like one person's got the other hand, the other other person's got the upper hand, one person's moving, the other person's moving, they're hitting moves on each other back and forth, you know, it's like nobody's got, like after after that crazy sequence, nobody can really get the upper hand anymore, it's kind of just an equal matchup, and they just just keep like clashing, but nobody's winning, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. so they just keep like doing things to each other, and then uh, eventually, Alize is able to hit uh, Lucas Riley with a head scissor while he's on his knees and like DDT him into the ground. Oh, uh, which which to that uh, she she goes to pit him. He kicks out and he rolls to the outside. Of course. Uh, so as he's on the outside, though, Alize, the lucha she is, of course, cannot deny a an opportunity for a tope suicida. Is <laughs> <laughs> the lucha something's something's calling me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, my opponent's on the outside. I can, oh, I need to, I need to dive at them. 
I need I need to flip over the ropes. The fierce they... need to dive it. <laughs> uh, so ba- so she hits him with a tope, knocks him into the barricade. She comes back in the ring, hits him with another tope. He goes back into the barricade. She runs back into the ring, but on this third tope, as she's about to dive out, he, Riley hops up on the apron, grabs the ropes, and hits one of those head kicks. Oh, okay. Uh, absolutely stops Alize in her tracks. Mm-hmm. After after she gets hit with that head kick, he drags her out with her. Uh, and then the ref was like yelling at uh, Riley yeah. as he dragged her to the outside. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, what am I not do? What? What am I doing? To- what am I doing to her that she didn't do to me? What this?" And then he slams her into the barricade. <laughs> He's like, hold on, wait. She did it twice. Slams her to the barricade. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I uh, love it. Uh, and then they, uh, after he slams her to the barricade twice, uh, the ref is at, like, seven. And Riley goes, you know what? I'm not done out here. So he takes Miranda, mm-hmm. throws her back in the ring, uh, and then rips her back out. Oh, my God. What a fucking... To, re- to reset the count. What a dickhead. Oh, my God. He, like, rolls her in and then rolls her back out. And he's like, there! And then he takes her and he just hucks her over the, over the barricade <laughs> into the crowd. Oh, my God. So now, so then he goes to follow her. And they're fighting in the crowd for a little bit. They're getting scrappy amongst the fans. Yeah. Uh, so they're hitting chop. They're trading chops back and forth. But then finally, Alize is able to uh, kind of try to, like, she's almost getting the upper hand back until Riley hits a big knee. Mm-hmm. Which sends her back over the barricade, and Alize like stumbles her way back into the ring, mm-hmm. uh, and Riley follows her. Riley's getting a little cocky at this point, you know, because he's, he's had the upper hand for a while, and of course he's the heel, so he's been he's been like, "Yeah, I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Who needs this?" You know. Um, and of course, uh, as he gets cocky, this just gives Miranda time to recover, and when she does, she hits him with uh, a solid bunch of forearms like knocks him into the ropes and then she goes to do uh, she goes to run the ropes and like mm-hmm. hit him with a clothesline or something and before she can riley just like catches her out of the air and hits her with a power slam oh shit yeah uh and it was pretty it was a quick low power slam it was really nice looking mm. i just wanted to say um this just absolutely shuts down any momentum miranda was uh getting uh and she just, and this this is this continues to be a theme where she gets some momentum, but immediate, but then at some point Riley does something to shut her down. Mm-hmm. Um, then at one point, like after all of that, after she gets shut down constantly, she yeah. finally does uh, get momentum going her way for a while. When uh, she ends up like like her and her and Riley were trading shot like trading blows back and forth, and then she like got hooked like pumped up, and she just started chopping him into the corner, right? Mm-hmm. Just, like, sending him into the corner with chops, hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, and then she backs up, hits him with a big splash. He goes down. She hits a face wash. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, she hits a face wash. She heads up to the top rope, and uh, she heads up to the top rope, and she goes for some sort of diving move. I'm not sure what she was going for here. It looked kind of like one of those diving nothings where you, like, you know your opponent's gonna dodge, so you <laughs> just, like, jump to land, you know? It's like, bro, why? Why? <sighs> It looked, she was just like, ah, and I was like, oh, it didn't look like you're going for anything there. Yeah, it's like, anyway, (laughs) she goes off the top rope, Riley dodges, and just, like, 
at, he like rolls out of the way, and after she gets up to turn around to go after him again, yeah. he just rocks her with a bicycle kick. Ow! <laughs> Could feel that from here. Rocks her with a bicycle kick, and then gets her in like a, a suplex position, or he gets her like in a DDT position, drags her over to the ropes. Yeah, drags her over to the, the turnbuckle, puts her arm over her her arm over his uh, head like he's doing a suplex, and then he runs, and then he runs up the turnbuckle and mm-hmm. does like a tornado suplex. Oh my god! So he like runs up, like floats around Alize, and then hits a suplex on her. Damn! All right, all right, uh, shit. He, Goes for the pin. Uh, he goes for the pin. Alize kicks out. She get. He brings her up back to her feet. Gets her in a fireman's carry. But Alize is able to escape with some elbows and hit a cutter completely out of nowhere, which like set which sends uh, Riley to his feet. Like sends Riley to his knees. I mean, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sends Riley to his knees. Then she lines up the shining wizard. Hits him with it, which we all know is Alize's finisher. Mm-hmm. Gets the one, two, three. Retains her. Cruiser Hurricane Pro Cruiserweight Champion. Sounds like a hell of a match. It was pretty good. I will say, I will say, there were some little bit of bocce moments here and there, where uh, some moves didn't quite flow as well as they should have, and they got a little messed up. But all in all, this match was very solid, and I was pr- very into it. Um, I think my rating of it is going to be a high meh. Gotcha. Because those botches did still take away a little bit, and as well as much as I just dis- I don't want to say as well as I described it because I'm not trying to like brag like an asshole, but as much as I described it, I feel like it was still there were still points where it was a little bit slow, mm-hmm. where they were kind of just like laying on the ground for a while, oh. and uh, I wanted this match to be like sn- snappy. They're luchas, you know, like go go go. Yeah, like, but like so- I get it. Everyone needs a break. It's probably it- it's easy to get gas with a style like that, so. I'm not taking away too many points for that. So I'm yeah. going to give it the high meh. This match was still really solid, and I think these two put on an awesome show. I was expecting this match to be like a meh, because I just found it like randomly one day. And I was like, mm. oh, I've never heard of Lucas Riley. He'll probably be fine. And he, can you, I was impressed. Killed it. Yeah, I knew Miranda Alize had, had it in her, because I've seen, plenty, I've seen a few of her matches, and every time I've liked them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lucas Riley was new to me, and he uh, he impressed me a lot. So I'm, I, I, I can't wait to go back and hopefully find more Lucas Riley matches. And... Uh, Maybe Lucas Riley will get the mark out one day. Maybe one day the, he will get the ever elusive mark out. Yes. Oh, it's getting less elusive as we get more excited about wrestling. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first match. And that was my first match of the uh, the show. Zach, what was your second match? Uh, it would be La Rosa Negra going against Kylan King for the Mission Pro Wrestling Championship. Nice. So for this match, uh, La Rosa is the defending champion of yeah, obviously. God, let me start again. For this match, La Rosa is the one defending the title. Uh, so the bell rings, and we are treated to La Rosa busting a groove in the middle of the ring, as she does apparently, because my only other experience with La Rosa is when she was a heel in the middle of a match, and commentary was surprised at this. So I was like, oh, this is what she's like as a face. Cool. So then King also dances, much like La Rosa, but it's kind of like in a mocking way of like, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm dancing too. And, it's just, and La Rosa's got this face of like, all right, fine. <laughs> Was it a face of like, look, I could see you're dancing, but you have no rhythm. It was more like a face of like, did you just take my dance moves in front of me? All right, (laughs) fine, fine, we'll see this. Uh, After this, there are two dudes in the crowd that are chanting for a dance-off, and thankfully King flips them both off, and they shut up about that chant. I was like, no, I came here for a wrestling match, silence. And she flipped them both off, and I was like, cool, 
Alright, let's do this. So the match is now underway. The two then lock up, and King is able to force La Rosa to one knee. And from my point of view, La Rosa grabs King's hair and then stomps on her foot. Before telling the ref that King was yanking at her hair. And I was sitting there like, like wait a sec, that's not at all what happened. It even happens a second time with the same exact result. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but all right, cool. Apparently she's yanking your hair. So they finally lock up, and it's your standard chain wrestling, in which King gets La Rosa to, into a headlock. La Rosa counters it with the head scissors. King uses a handstand to get out of it. Though she puts a bit of a twist on it, and instead falls onto La Rosa to go for a pin, which La Rosa then counters into her own pin. And then King locks in a firm waist lock on her. King then Firm. Firm, I have written here, because she held it in for a decent amount of time. Gotcha. After this, King does her best to maintain the grip on La Rosa, but over time, like, La Rosa is, like, kind of, like, punching her. King, like, grabs her, but the grip isn't as strong as it was before, and, like, slowly she's just weakening her grip on her until she can finally snapmare King, kick her in the back, and then Shining Wizard her in the chest, followed by hitting her with a huge leg drop across her throat. Except not wanting to be beaten so easily, King then... Drops her with a high knee to the side of her head and starts to work, get to work until La Rosa manages to outmaneuver her and hit her with another single leg drop kick. Or with a single leg drop kick, sorry. I got confused. Very, no, it's fine. La Rosa tries hitting some running strikes in the corner, but King moves out of the way and then grinds La Rosa to a pulp in the corner. I'm talking shoving her foot into her face, kicking her repeatedly, you know. If you've watched wrestling, you've seen a heel grind a face into a corner. She then drags her out of the said corner, hits a suplex, and then locks in a modified Dragon Sleeper, which, as any of you know, I love. Uh, but La Rosa kicks her way out of this one, which I remember... Is this the one? This might be a different hold. I'll, I'll, if, I, if not, I'll talk about it. But like the way she kicks out of one of these holds is like very acrobatic, I guess would be the way i describe it. Okay. I'll describe... If it's not this one, I'll get into... I'll talk about it later. But, um... So King then tries to lock in a sleeper hold after she gets out of it. But La Rosa hits her with a stunner to make her finally let her go. She then picks King up in a fireman's carry, spins her around, and then rams her head first into several of the top turnbuckles. But the impact is not as good as I think that they were hoping. But granted, King is a lot taller than La Rosa. And it's probably Thanks. a bit heavier just because she's just got the size advantage. <laughs> and then surprisingly, right after this, King... Fights out of it and does the exact same sequence to La Rosa, except it looks much better than hers by comparison. Like, it is exactly what I wanted the sequence to be like. Nice. And I was just like, I'm like, damn, by comparison, she did do your shit better than you. <laughs> damn. I was just like, I, was, I wasn't expecting it. So the two oh, then... man, it's just got like 20 degrees cooler in here because all that shade you just threw. Oh, <laughs> So the two then trade roll-ups for a bit until La Rosa locks in a scissored armbar on King, which forces her to use her long legs to, like, drag her way to the bottom rope. She gets a rope break. This pisses La Rosa up so much that she actually just gets up and kicks the rope, the foot that King's got on the rope away now. She then tries to make control, maintain control by picking King up and striking her, but King then shoulder charges her to the mat and locks in a grounded hammerlock inverted armbar combination, which is basically just Pentagon's arm-breaking I was going to say, you, you said a lot of words. There, I looked at what Pentagon's, <laughs> what Pentagon's um, arm break. You know when Pentagon, like, twists the, per the opponent's arm up in with his leg and then grabs the other arm and yanks back when he's going to break their arm from yes, Lucha yeah, Underground? Yeah, yeah. It is that. I, okay, gotcha. That it was just a lot of words you slammed together, and I was like, uh... It was classic. I was like, you know what? I'm going to find what this thing is actually called, because it looks really cool, and that was the, the definition I came up with. 
Also, do you mind if I interrupt you for a second? Sure. I'm gonna dox you. I'm gonna dox myself here uh, real quick. Uh, I I was on my phone just now, real quick, and yeah. the first thing I saw when I opened my phone was the news headline that says Injurious Elba is going to be the voice of Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Huh. And out of all the names you could have given me, that is the one I expected the least. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, I think that's very funny. <laughs> it's just like... Because now I, now I want to know what Idris Elba is going to sound like. I want to, like... <laughs> I typed in Idris Elba in the first picture. Is the is Knuckles Knuckles? Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it's just like Knuckles. Oh my god. That's the last name you could have given me. I'm sorry. Go ahead, continue. We'll talk about this more later. Mm-hmm. We might need to do we might need to do a whole other exclusive audio for the drive just just about this. Just about this, <laughs> this Just about it'll just Elba playing Knuckles, because I need to know what he's gonna sound like. Mm-hmm. So with King Having Lorosa's arms locked up in the armbar, she then yanks on Lorosa's arm like her life depends on it. And it, I remember being like, "Ooh, you really yank it back on that fucking arm." But it's not yeah. enough. As Lorosa, ah, uh, here it is. So Lorosa's got her one arm like behind her back in a hammerlock position. The other arm is being yanked back. So what does she do? She takes her legs and she reaches them forward and slams them back, somehow reaching the side of. King's face, Jesus repeatedly kicks her in the side of the face until she lets go. I was like, that was the last thing I expected to see you get out of that. And Damn. I, and I loved it. It awesome. looked great. After this, Larosa proceeds to pick King up, kick her legs out so she falls onto her knees, and then she repeatedly and brutally just knees King in the chest until she is back into the corner. Repeatedly and brutally are two words you don't want together in a yes, sentence. Yes, I remember thinking to myself, damn, if the armbar was ru- was brutal looking, this shit was like, this was kind of like when you're like in a, again, I'm going to go to a wrestling game, where like you hit like one of those scripted combination sequences where you punch someone and you're just like, damn, he's <laughs> just beating their ass. It's no yeah, they're, just, they're just destroying them, huh? Mm-hmm. So there's a weird moment in this match for La Rosa. So she spears King in the corner, right? She pushes her shoulder into her gut. King is like screaming out in pain. And the ref, for some reason, like, kind of has, like, uh, like her brain just stops working for a second, I think, because she just doesn't count to get La Rosa off, off of her. Oh. oh, okay, interesting. So La Rosa just gets off at her own time. I remember thinking to myself, why did you not break the two up? Like, King was, like, screaming in pain. <laughs> you like, did, what? It was like the ref's brain, like, stopped working. Like, she had a lap. Like, she just was, like, daydreaming for a second. And was like, oh, yeah. I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner after this match. <laughs> so... Lorosa then finishes this off by throwing King into another corner. Hitting... I can't even make fun of them because that's exactly something I would do. I would be I would like do... in the middle of a match as like a ref, and I'd be like, "I wonder where I'm going for dinner." Yeah, you after just this. look and out meanwhile, into they're the in the middle of a pin. And they're like, in the middle oh, of a pinfall, like, "Oh, <laughs> just do like one of those jumping pins, like you just jump on, <laughs> <laughs> jump over them, and just one, two. <laughs> so Lorosa throws King into the... another corner, hits a running form and another spear, and then finally a spine buster. It really sold how frustrated Larosa was at this point because King just refuses to die over and over again. And at this point in time, I assume she's just like, "I'm just done with this shit." I just yeah, that's lose, fair. God damn it, that's fair. So the two then get to their feet at the same time and engage in a classic back and forth in which they take turns letting the other one strike them to see who will outlast the other one. In this case, okay. 
This finishes off when the two of them each dodge a clothesline from the other before King is able to kick a strike from La Rosa away from her, which spins her around. And as she spins towards King, she kicks La Rosa in the face and then cutters her. And I was nice. like, ow. However, as she pins La Rosa, La Rosa is able to get one of her feet on the ropes. So King then violently chucks La Rosa into a corner, running uppercuts her, and then throws her even harder back into the turnbuckle as she like falls forward out of it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for King, though, this is the last bit of offense she'll ever get in this match because then she charges oh. back at La Rosa. <laughs> La Rosa throws her face first into the turnbuckle, super kicks her in the face, and then hits her frog splash finisher for the win. Retaining that was the saddest title. way you could have started that sentence. I know. It's like I, I wrote that and I was like, this should be a fun way to talk about this. It's like you'll never get another bit of offense. Just bam, 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 done. Damn. This match was good. Sounds like it. There were a couple of moments that kind of stood out for me, but overall, I thought it was fine. The match will get a meh from me, but overall, it was a good match. Like, honestly, the most, the part that, if anything, made me the least happy was hearing the two dudes chant, but that chant died in two seconds, so I can't even complain that much. Good. Yeah, that's, that's my uh, second match. What do you got, Mikey? Well, I got the fact that (laughs) Idris Elba has played... It oh. has been has started such <laughs> movies as Thor Ragnarok, Mantella, Luther, Three Thousand Years of Longing, Suicide Squad, Cats, oh. Fast and Furious, like some of those movies. The I was dark, like, the Dark Tower, oh. like the Jungle Book, Zootopia, Agent. What hasn't this man been in? I was going to say, that's a mixed bag. Some of those, I'm like, oh, that's a good movie. Other ones, I'm like, ooh, that's not a good movie. Jesus Christ. But then, Knuckles the Akinda. I hope he does a good job. I'm yeah. sure he will. He, what does? What hasn't he done a good job in at this point? He transcends our existence. This man, this you want to talk about rage. Fucking Idris Elba. Damn. <laughs> like, he played the Guardian of the Rainbow Bridge, and now he's playing Knuckles. And now he's playing Knuckles. Damn. Anyway. Clearly, this is like getting to me for some reason. Apparently, yes, this is getting to you so much. I don't know why this is like the biggest news drop of the day for me, but you just like mesmerized by this pick that you were not expecting at all. No, no, no. I was expecting like I don't know, like Josh Gad or something, Mm. (laughs) like like the guy who played Olaf. Oh, I finally looked up a picture of this guy. I actually do recognize this man. Of course, how do you not recognize Idris Elba? Well, I didn't know. I, He's been listen, in a billion things. I'm not good with names, and I don't. I care even less about actors and movies, so I, I don't know a lot about it. But if you show me a picture of the guy, I'd be like, I know that guy from that movie. Mm-hmm. But if you told me what's his name, I'd be like, I have no idea. Fair, fair. But yeah, uh, that's Knuckles, baby. Knuckles. It's Knuckles. Classic. Anyway, my next match... <laughs> Oh. Let's get off of this for a bit. Speaking of knuckles, that's what you use in wrestling to fight, right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there, there we that's go. A, there we that, go. That, William Regal smiling down at you from NXT. <laughs> so we got Hania the Huntress taking on Mandy Leone from Ring of Honor. Women Ooh. of Honor. I love the uh, name Hania the Huntress. I don't know. For some reason, it's I... just, it, her name's just Hania, and their nickname's the Huntress. So it's just like Hania the Huntress, and it just sounds really good. It does. So this match, so this, uh, there's there's a little bit, actually a bit of story behind this match. Uh, it's it's like right be, right before you watch it, like right when you watch this video in the beginning, there's a bunch of promo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, it talks about how I believe uh, it was a while ago. I watched it like a few hours ago, so like my brain's not doesn't really remember that well. But I think it's Mandy Leon got lucky and like beat Hania in a match. Yeah, and Hania was not cool with that, so she's <laughs> like, "I want to beat the crap out of Mandy Leon." Because this is what Mandy Leon was like, kind of newish to wrestling, you know. Oh, okay. And she was definitely the underdog going into this match. It was. It wasn't a roll up. It was an actual victory. Like like uh, Leon like ended up. I think Leon ended up winning. Or mm-hmm. one of them, one of them beat the other in a match, and they were pissed about it. <laughs> so now it's time to have a second match. Yeah. So they they they're going at it. They start off going at it, and uh, they're doing you know basic chain wrestling to start us off. Both trying to get the upper hand on each other. Uh, and every time Hania thinks she has the upper hand because she's like, oh, I'm better than Leon is, and she does. She goes to do a move that she's like cocky that is gonna think is gonna do mm-hmm. it. Leon like finds a way to reverse it, and she's like shocked every time she does. <laughs> it's like, how are you? St- how stop? This is bullshit. Yeah, it's like stop being so good. Stop being as good as me, and it's not okay <laughs> to her at least. Uh. So so for a while it's just an even it just seems like an even split down the middle match where none of these two can get the upper hand on each other. Um but there is one point where um uh they're kind they they kind of start fighting and they get to the outside. Mhm. Or no, they're on the apron. Okay. And they're fighting back and forth and then uh Leon goes for a move on on Hania, and then Hania like jumps off the apron and swipes out Leon's feet and just slams her face first on the apron. Ow! Which we all know. Say it with me, Zach. Is the, the hardest, hardest part, part of the, of the ring. ring. Perfect in perfect sync. Perfect, flawless. Sync. Uh, nobody will know the difference. Nobody will even know we were both talking. We were so in sync. <laughs> um. So that happens, and then she picks her up throws her into the barricade. Uh, and Hania finally is... In, well, not fi- I guess fi- Hania is finally in control, like she wants to be. Uh, after she throws Leon into the barricade, she throws her back in the ring. The video cuts to commercial. Uh, what? <laughs> advertising advertising a match uh, with the Bullet Club being the Young Bucks and Adam Cole uh, versus... I can't remember who, but it, it was like a... It was one of those Ring of Honor New Japan, like... yeah. Uh, Nani, what, what, what shit, is this? Like together shows, collaborations. Yeah, I can't, I can't I was gonna say, word. commercials in our independent. What? Yeah, well, it was very modern. I mean, at least um, at least the match that was broadcast was probably going to be a banger. So, yeah, it, it didn't. It, it like it, it looked like it, it wasn't like a commercial commercial. Okay, like like in like TV, it was like it looked like it was just like an ad that was like cut in. But then as soon as they came back. It was like, all right, back to where the dad left off, you know? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, it was basically like a YouTube ad, yeah. Like, like you, it just pops up in the middle of your video, and you're like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> that that doesn't. I just thought it was funny that it was advertising like Adam Cole with the Young Bucks, yeah. and it was advertising <laughs> war, war Machine, now known as the Viking Raiders. Oh my god. Uh, so I thought that was just cute. That is um, cute. To show how long ago this if anything was. confusing. Yeah, it just shows how long ago this match actually took place. Um, so after they get back in the ring, Hania throws Leon in, and then Hania gets up on the top rope and hits Leon with a giant missile drop kick. Okay. Um. Then she pick she picks her up to like go hit her with a move, but Leon is able to like break out of it and hit a jawbreaker. 
Mm-hmm. And then she goes up, and she hits a jawbreaker. Hania goes down. Leon goes to the top rope, looking for a wonderfully named move called the Leon Leon Salt. Oh, like Damn. the lion salt. Yeah, yeah, it just hit me as you said. Very oh, good. It's very good. Uh, the Leon Salt. So she goes for like a. It's basically just a. Moon, it's not like it's not like the lion salt though. It's just the moon salt on the top rope. Yeah. But she goes for the she goes for the the Leon Salt and Hania is able to stop it before she comes down. Mm-hmm. So she like she like hits her on the top rope while she's backwards. Hadia gets uh, Leon in the electric chair position, mm-hmm. and it looks like she's about to drop her. But then Leon elbows her in the head a couple of times, turns it into a victory roll. Oh, okay. Uh, Hania kicks out, immediately rolls out of it, and then hits um, Leon with the full moon. The hell is that? It's like a spinning heel kick, but. Leon is like on her knees. Oh, okay. So it's like it was like basically like a spinning heel kick to her to the back of her head while she was on her knees. I like it. I like it. Um, and then after this, she pin she goes to pin her. Leon kicks out. Hania gets pissed off. She starts yelling and she she grabs Leon by the hair and starts yelling insults at her, which we all know is always a bad move to do in wrestling always. because all it, all it does is fire the baby face up, mm-hmm. which it obviously does. Uh, Leon is able to get some offense in, get some elbows, get some strikes. Then she locks in a submission hold called the Havana Dream. I love that name. It's a super sick name. And real quick, I'm going to try to pull it up so I can tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's worth the description. So let me just get to it really quick. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. Here's the commercial. <laughs> Incredible. Wow, I'm like watching my notes go by in real time. Oh my god. So, the Havana Dream. Mm -hmm. It's like you're setting up, it's like Leon is setting Hania up for a neck breaker. Okay. But then, instead of just slamming down, she gets onto one knee and just bends her neck over her shoulder. Oh! (laughs) 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 And also, and not, not only that, but she, but since Leon is on one knee and she has Hania's head like this, mm-hmm. she takes one of her legs and puts it on the leg that's like, you know, like when you when you bend your knee, it's like a shelf. Yeah. Basically, she puts her her other she puts her leg on there, so Hania is basically folded in half oh. on Leon's back. Oh my god! And she's just pulling on her neck. Damn. Yeah, it looks pretty brutal. But then for like. No reason at all. Hania just, just like, I'm an idiot. I'm trying to lower the volume on YouTube. I'm lowering my speakers when I have headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, she like, for like no reason at all, she just like drops and actually makes it like a neck breaker and just slams her and releases the hold. And it's like, why did you release it? She, that's such. A why would you release it? That looked brutal. You fool. Why would you just purposely, like, get her out of it? Oh, man. Uh, anyway, she <sighs> goes for the for pin. Hania kicks out. Uh, then the two fight for a little more, and uh, Leon gets Hania up on the top for, like, a superplex. No, other way around. Hania ends up getting Leon on top for a superplex. Uh, wait, what? Yeah, okay. Nope, I had it right the first time. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Let me start over. 
So after this Havana Daydream like slam neckbreaker thing, and she gets the, she goes for the pin, Hania kicks out. Uh, Leon says it's time for a superplex, uh, and brings Hania up to the top rope. Uh, they're fighting on the top for a little while, trying to get position. Uh, Hania shoves Leon off. Leon rolls back, gets up back on her feet, mm-hmm. runs, does a front handspring, catches her with her feet, throws her with the Hurricane Rana off the top rope. Ooh. Uh, Leon goes back up for the, the Leon salt again. Okay. Uh, Hania is able to dodge. She ends up hitting a small package out of it. The two start trading those for a while, back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, trade this roll-up for that roll-up, trade this roll-up for that roll-up, and they're all both getting, like, one and two counts, and they keep kicking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then eventually, they both get up to their feet. They they from the, they from both get up to their feet, trade some strikes back and forth, and then they both at the same time, time decide, you know what, F this, and both run the ropes and hit each other with a clothesline. <laughs> Knock each other out. Um, Then... These two start getting up, and of course, as they're getting up, they're trading strikes the whole way up, you know, from their knees, from one knee, from, like, on their feet. They're just hitting each other back and forth, trading strikes back and forth, and Leon finally gets some strikes in of her own, just, like, gets a nice, uh, a nice combination of them, and ends up, and gets Hania into the corner, hits her with a knee, Hania's, like, staggered, and she hit, she bounces off the ropes, hits a bulldog on Hania. Ooh, Okay. Then, Hania, uh, Leon tries to set Hania up for a suplex, but Hania ends up reversing it, uh, getting out of it, hitting Leon with a heel kick, mm-hmm. and then these two start trading uh, submission holds back and forth again. Uh, Hania is trying to hit her finisher, which is called the Hanihilation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's, it's been, uh, yeah, it's called the Hanihilation. I love that name, too. Very good. Uh... Doesn't hit it. Uh, Leon locks in the the Koji clutch, which I think we've seen. We know we've seen the Koji clutch before. Yeah. Uh, but she when she locks it in, she like rolls through, and they end up too close to the ropes. So when she locks it in, uh, ha- uh, Hanaya is able to just be like, huh, "Ropes, <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. This is over. I'm out." You know. I got my own uh, fucking problems. Yeah. Uh, then at one point, uh, Hanaya's in the corner. Leon goes for, like, a running clothesline. Uh, she, uh, Hania ducks out of the way. Leon is, like, in that position where she's, like, sitting on the second... You know when Miz does his corner clothesline and he, like, sits on the second rope? Yeah. She's in, like, that position. Okay. Right? And then Hania just walks up to Leon, grabs her by the hair, and just rips her down. Ouch. And slams her right on the mat. Mm. Um... And then when Leon gets back up, she's a little staggered from that. Uh, Hanaya is able to hit the Eclipse, which is a which is not Ember Moon's move. I was going to ask. Uh, it is it's not Ember Moon's move. It's Chris Jericho's move because it's a code breaker. Ah. Uh, she hits she hits a, she hits this ver- version of a code breaker. Gets the one two three, and Hanaya wins this match. Sounds like a good match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this match was pretty, pretty dope. Um, these two women put an awesome, put on an awesome, awesome match, um, and I really liked it because it it kind of it definitely made Leon feel like the underdog, mm-hmm. and I think that's always important, you know. Yeah, 
it really made her feel like the underdog, even though they were on even footing. So no matter what, you were always rooting for Leon to get the upper hand, you know? Mm-hmm. And it made for a really, really good dynamic between the two of them. Gotcha. And I ended up really enjoying this one. I'm going to... I don't think it was Markout. I was... I'm, like, between this one on, on High Matter Markout, because it was oh. pretty good, and I enjoyed it a lot. You huh. know what? It gets the mark out. Let's just give it to it. I'm wow. in a good mood today. I'm in a good mood today. I'll give it the mark out. It was dope. I really liked it. it was... uh, so yeah, this match was awesome. Go check it out over on Ring of Honor's YouTube channel. Definitely worth the watch. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I was super, super stoked about this one. All right. So Zach, I believe that is both of our matches this week. Correct? Yes, it is. All right. Why don't we get to the one we both took a look at, mm-hmm. which is. Karrion Cross going against Chris Bay at Future Stars of Wrestling for the Future Stars of Wrestling Heavyweight Championship in a no-holds-barred match, I believe it was. In a no-holds-barred match, yeah. And Zach, how did this match get set up? So, there's a... The match itself starts... Our five... resident historian. Okay. So, what you need to know about this match is that basically... There's a whole... By the way, in case you want to actually hear this, there's like a... Five minutes and, like, 45 seconds before this match actually starts. They have a full promo package for it. But the basic gist of it is, Bay was in a match with John Morrison and I believe it was Teddy Hart in a, a championship match. They were fighting over a trophy, I believe, like a super mega championship trophy. And in the middle of the match, Karrion Cross returns. He's been gone from Future Stars of Wrestling for quite a while now. He was, years, they've said. Yeah, years. Thank you. And he had been the champion previously before Bay. So everyone freaked out, and he was on good terms with Bay. And then out of nowhere, he screwed Bay out of the win for this match and let Morrison win. Mm-hmm. Morrison and uh, the person who shall not be named. Yes. Because they're an asshole. Yes, they are. I just wanted to make sure I got the name right for a posterity stake. So after he beat, after he loses this match, he's like, I am not going to let it beat me down. I'm going to get my revenge on Cross. And it is revealed by Cross that basically... He's here to take his shit back. He's going to destroy Bay. He's coming back on his anniversary now. This match is his anniversary, like his five-year anniversary in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I believe it was. And he's going to take the title from Bay. And Bay wants revenge as a man who was... Because apparently in that match, Morrison was his idol. Cross was a really good friend of his and someone he really liked. And both of them ended up being kind of assholes to him once he got up to the their level. So now he's coming back for revenge. In this match, he promises he's going to beat Cross, and Cross promises that he will not let him stand in his way. So that is where we are at right now. Yeah. Uh, so, I, again. Uh, we're, we're, what we've come to is a uh, no-hold-barred match, which is a bold move for Chris Bay to accept. Yes, it's a very bold move, but as commentary says, it is in his favor as it gives him more ways to cut down the absolute mass of destruction known as Carrion Cross, or Killer Cross, who was also known as Chris Cross, I think, before this? What was it? No, Kevin. I think it was, it was Kevin Cross. Kevin Cross. It was Kevin Cross, <laughs> then it's Killer Cross, and then it's Carrion Cross now. Wow, Chris Cross would be I such really an unintimidating... Chris Cross now! <laughs> oh, he would actually... What a lame name for a guy like for a guy as huge and scary as Killer if Cross. He was named Crisscross. Every feud be started with someone making fun of his name, being like, "Really? You wanna? I'm kill you now. I kill you with Saito Suplex and God, the Cross now jacket. I want his name to be Crisscross. 
Honestly, I'm glad he. I'm not in face face with him because he'd probably be quite irritated if I said that to his face by accident. <laughs> hey, crisscross. Oh, enough to that. That that's <laughs> when Mikey has to find a new co-host for his for our podcast. I'll be missing. <laughs> Any, yeah. Anyway, so this match starts off hot because Bay, as I said before, is absolutely furious with cross so he uses all mm-hmm. his rage and passion and bum rushes cross at the start of this match he shotgun drop kicks him into the corner he just rains down strike after strike on him he then thinks i'm gonna irish whip cross and it doesn't nope. work cross immediately turns it around by using his absolute raw strength and just hurls him over the top ropes to the outside like if you've ever seen aj styles like take a really nasty looking bump it was like that, where I was like, that looked awful, but you nailed that really well and didn't hurt yourself, probably. So, impressed. But I expect nothing less from Chris Bay. So, on the outside, Bay sneakily grabs a chair and hits Cross on the ribs with it, but unfortunately, he tries to swing it across his face. Cross ducks it, and he hits a post instead, and then Cross just punches the chair into his face. <laughs> because, yep. fuck your chair, apparently. Because I'm carrying Cross, and you're not. He takes control of this match. Tries to throw Bay into the ring. Bay 619s him, which stuns him, and he tries to jump off the apron, but Cross just catches him and then slams him onto the apron with a choke slam several times around the ring. Which looks great and had a lot of impact to them. Again, these two were these spots looked great. There was not really any awkward spots as far as I could tell when I was looking at this match. So then Cross gets Bay into the ring and he absolutely just dominates him. Post to post, beat down. Cross just being a scary man you should never fuck with. Mm-hmm. Goes on for a bit. This until, is true. Uh, yep. Until Bay counters an Irish whip with a spike, head scissors, and then a tilt-a-whirl DDT. He then mounts nice. Cross in the corner and does the punch thing where he goes one, two, three, four, all the way up to ten. And he does get to ten. He does, for once. Except the twist here is that Cross no-sells the tenth hit. And he goes to powerbomb him, so Bay throws him face first into the corner with a Hurricane Rana. Unfortunately for him, though, this doesn't really stop Cross, who instead just bounces off of it, and it's just like, oh, you want to go? And then he just runs and lariates him into another dimension and just destroys him. It was like the equivalent of watching a wind blow a sheet of paper around. He flipped so many times in the air with this after this lariat. Mm-hmm. So after this, Cross yes, is a does. bit like, annoyed. Yeah, have a, it, it's, it's a carrying Cross clothesline. How are you not going to just... Or Lariat. How are you not going to flip 97 times? Exactly. Especially if you're the, the size of Chris Bay. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as I said before, Cross is pretty annoyed at this point. So he goes out of the yeah. ring, gets the chair, goes into the ring with it, but Bay single leg drop kicks it into his face. A little payback from before. Gotcha, idiot. And then out of nowhere, Bay hits his five-star frog splash finisher. Which commentary is like, oh, this won him the belt. And Mikey, tell them what Cross does. Cross, after getting hit with Chris Bay's finisher, kicks out at one with authority. Mm -hmm. And then just stands up and is like, is that all you got? Just crosses his arms like like a fire boss. (laughs) Yeah. He even starts laughing at him. That was my reaction. I was like, what the fuck? What? He's just laughing at Bay, and Bay goes for the tilt tour, and he's like, "All right, playtime's over. You get Northern Lights suplexed into the mat, then Cradle Brainbustered, and then I'm gonna fucking Saito suplex you into the mat." I was just like, "This man was just playing with him." I was. He was. He was messing with him. Unbelievable. The whole time. 
So, of course, Bay kicks out. So, Cross is like, alright, time to get some hardware. Goes to the outside and gets a table that I've described as looked like it has seen better days. This table was beat up looking. Oh, yes, it was. It was beat up looking, and it was... We'll get to it later, but it was kind of small. <laughs> like, it was a <laughs> tiny table. Yeah. Yeah, it looked, like, it looked like they had it in storage for, like, at least ten years. And we're yeah, like, like oh, the... we can finally use this. Mm-hmm. Like, the parts at the top of it were, like, broken a bit, so you could see, like, the wood. They definitely at... bought it off eBay for, like, a dollar. Uh-huh. Because they were like, this shit's getting broken. Yeah. Uh... So then Cross sets it up in the corner. He tries to slam Bay through it, and this is important. This is kind of cool because it's the exact same way that Cross put Bay through the table in the match that he cost him before this. But seeing this, Bay has PTSD, I assume, and then Sunset flips him to avoid it, and then Cross just picks him up by his head, and mid air as he's lifting Bay up by his head, Bay hits him with a flatliner out of nowhere, which just knocks them both down. Nice. So they both get up at the same time and then exchange absolute bombshells of strikes. Just back and forth. Just Bay refuses to die and Cross is just trying to use all his strength to just kill him, basically. Kill this man. Kill this man. Until Bay uses his speed to actually dodge Cross's strike. And like every time Cross like swings, Bay dodges, hits like two small strikes. And it just kind of builds up and up and up. And Cross keeps just tanking these hits. Until mm-hmm. he then... And then it goes chop, chop, chop from Bay to Cross until Cross finally decides, I've had enough of this. And he picks Bay up and then slams him through the table like he did before. Yeah. Just manhandles this man. Mm, absolutely manhandles. Just literally, like, picks him up like a ragdoll and is like, all right, we're going in. Yep. Boom. Boom. Like, he even, like, gets, like, a running start. Like, he runs around the ring with Bay before he throws him through the table. Yes. And, again, Bay kicks out. Bay is unstoppable this match. I have written in here now that Cross then brutally picks up Bay and powers bombs him back to back so hard that I wouldn't blame you if you thought he was trying to throw Bay through the ring. <laughs> he was slamming this man into the mat. You know Bay backstage is like, listen, don't take it easy on me. And Cross was like, oh, I won't. All right. And <laughs> you got it. Oh, it. So he gets another table that... He or it somehow breaks as he's lifting into the ring. Like, the the leg gets fucked. But it doesn't really matter because it's setting up in the corner. But again, this was me thinking, like, man, these do- these tables were not the most expensive tables, were they? I think even the commentator announces it where he's like, yeah, Cross is bad at you because you, you bought the cheap tables. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Cross, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that seems fair. So Cross... Sets it up in another table in the corner. He's going to do the same thing to Which is much Bay. bigger and much cleaner than the last one. Yes. It does not... Outside of the leg breaking, the top of it actually looks like it's kind of newer than the other one. But it's not very hard to look newer than an old-looking table. The leg breaking also didn't end up being such such a big deal. Yeah, because it's just like you just need to lean in the corner. The leg didn't have yeah. to actually be set, thankfully. Thank goodness, yeah. So, Bay, Cross then picks up Bay as he's planning to, as I said before, slam him through this table again and end this. But Bay mm-hmm. seizes opportunity and nails Cross with several well-aimed kicks to the head. There's like a super kick, an enziguri, I think a side kick to the a roundhouse kick to the jaw. And then he hits him with a stunner from the middle rope. And yeah, again. That was awesome looking. Mm-hmm. And then Bay hits his frog splash finisher again and again. Yes. Cross kicks out. 
He will not die. Neither of these guys, neither of these guys are going to stay down. And then it's I kind of ridiculous. I kind of love how right after this cross immediately gets up because it kind of fits with the mo of cross being like, "No, nah, I've got one more leg left in me." And yep. as he's getting up, he doesn't see Bay set up in the corner, and he waits for him to stand up. He turns towards Bay, and Bay just hurls his whole body into Cross with a spear and sends him, here's your favorite word, Mikey, careening through the table. Woo! Wipes him out, pins him for the win, retaining his title. Oh, man. I love this ending. I love, I love this ending of Chris Bay being like, you know what? Oh, let's do this. And he Fuck just it. throws his entire body at Cross and hits him with a giant spear. I love the image of little Chris Bay spearing the fuck out of cross through this table yeah he fell like a fucking house of bricks dude oh yeah it looked the spear not only like not only was it a spear from a little guy onto a big guy it looked awesome Mm-hmm. it's a good match i agree i wasn't i was i i guess i guess i can't say i wasn't i wasn't not expecting this to be good because how could it be bad but this match ruled uh i really loved carrying cross uh just absolutely overpowering Bay and Bay just not quitting and then hitting a nice big sequence at the end for the win. Mm-hmm. Uh trying to get an offense here and there, you know. Just it just showed how small Chris Bay is compared to Cross. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it's that same feeling of like you know he's the underdog, even if you've never seen this match before. Even if yes. you've never seen either of these two ever before, you know who's the underdog and who's not, right? They did a really good job. Bay Really sold- great job with in ring storytelling. Bay sold Cross's offense like death, and Cross constantly getting up sold him as being just this absolute, just what's the word here, um, unstoppable force. But as you said, Bay, at the same time, Cross did a great job of selling Bay's offense, and Bay's just getting up constantly, just always finding a way to fight back, just really sold you on the fact that you're like, this guy will put everything he can to win this match. And yeah, and it was great, like. There were, like I said, there weren't many spots. There weren't like any spots this match that I was like, that execution was not that great. Mm-hmm. Which I can always, which is all I can ask for, honestly, in a wrestling match. Yeah, it was all, it was all just very, very good. What would you give this match, Mikey? I think I'm going to give this match the mark out. I thought it was very good, and I was mega into it. I will join you on that mark out. Nice. Chris Bay constantly making moves in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. Even recently, Chris Bay, newest member of the Bullet Club. True. True. Chris Bay and uh, Jay, you probably saw this in the group chat or on Twitter, but Chris Bay and Jay White need to make a tag team called Beyblade. Oh, I saw that. I love that name. <laughs> I I love puns. I Chris love Bay puns the so Switch, much. Chris, Chris Bay and the Switchblade. Beyblade. <laughs> Let it rip. And then with Adam and Adam Cole, you have Bay Beyblade. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We have one more thing uh, left to do on this show, and that is the Double Down. The Double Down. This is the segment of the show where we flash back to last week to watch matches from each other's perspectives. Uh, Zach, who started off in the Double Down last week? I believe you did. All right, so why don't you kick us off with the match I gave you, which I believe was Kushida. Take it on Mike Bailey. At Defiant Wrestling? Oh, yes, yes. sirree. Please tell I me what you thought about this one. adored this match. but I thought you'd might. I, I thought you'd might. I love Mike Bailey. Kushida really has won me over on NXT. He, I, this match was great. Like, Mikey did a good, did a great job of explaining this match last week. So I'm going to go over my, the parts of the match that I enjoyed, and then I'll just give you my, my rating at the end. 
So the first thing I really liked was I just adored the simple, well-done storytelling between these two throughout the match. It's basically, you do groundwork, Bailey, you lose to Kushida. Mm -hmm. Kushida, you try to strike at Bailey, you might win sometime, but you're going to lose most of the time. Most of the time you're going to lose to Bailey, yeah. These two definitely had their strengths in this one. Yes, which is what I liked because it played into how this match was basically Kushida working over Bailey's arm and Bailey trying to put Kushida away by kicking his head off. Yep. Uh, I, like, another thing I really liked, just as a spot-wise, in the beginning of this match, before I get too into this, is, um, the beautiful transition when Kushida arm-dragged Bailey out of the air, and in mid-air transitioned it into an arm bar. Looked great. Which, as I said before, ends up being Kushida's target for the rest of the match, the left arm of Bailey. Uh, on that note, props to these two for selling. Yes. Like, especially Bailey who did several spots throughout this match with just his good arm, like, striking with only his good arm. You could see every time he tried to, like, grab the rope, he would wince in pain. There was even a point where he got up using his left arm, but he didn't actually use his arm. He just wrapped it around the ropes to get leverage. And I was like, that's some good-ass fucking... That's, like, the good shit I look for for selling when, like, a wrestler remembers it and puts on small details like that. Now, of course, I'd be reminisced not to talk about the strikes of this match. As per usual, Bailey's strikes were great. There were a few in particular I really liked. My favorite one probably being when he uh, stopped Kushida's Back to the Future attempt and then did the roundhouse kick to the back of his neck and just killed him for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't sleep on Kushida for this match either. Throughout the match, this man had amazing strikes. A good uh, general a good general tip is to never sleep on Kushida. Never ever. sleep on this man. My <laughs> favorite strike by far, and you went over this, Mikey, was when the two of them were going back and forth. And then he punched Bailey in the jaw and just knocked him out cold for like a hot second. I was like, fuck. I yeah. it took me out of it for a second. I was like, holy shit, he just straight up Bailey sold this shit like like exactly like I was said. He literally knocked him out for like a second, seemingly. Mm-hmm. For spots, there were a couple there were, I could go on and on about a lot of these spots of these matches, but I'll There's talk so about many. I'll talk about two of them that I really liked. Okay. For sure, my one of my favorite ones is when Kushida had Bailey in the hoverboard on the top, and the ref was like, "You gotta let go." And he's like, "Oh, you want us to get off the rope and get let go?" Sure. And he picked them both up and just jumped and slammed Bailey's arm into the mat while he still had the hoverboard lock in. Yeah. I Kushida was, was like, "You want me to let go?" All right. I was like, "Ah." I was like, "No." I was like, "No." Why would no, you do don't that? Do it. And then the last one is in the finishing sequence of this match, which is when Bailey hit Kushida with the stunner from the top rope, yes. and then goes for the ultimate weapon, and which is a shooting star into double knees. And props to Bailey, man, because this must have hurt so badly. He did a full shooting star and slammed his full both his knees full onto the mat, hitting nothing because Kushida got out of the way, which must have hurt so fucking badly to miss this. And he even sold it like that, too, where he was stunned, which led into the finish of the match, which was because he was so stunned, and Kushida could see on his face being like, oh, shit, he's, like, really, he's fucked up by this. And he just pounced on Bailey like a, like, kind of like a lion seeing his prey weaken for mm-hmm. a second. Put him in the hoverboard lock. Bailey, because the whole match, Bailey had been trying to avoid this lock like it was the plague, because he realized mm-hmm. how bad this would be if he got locked into it. Yeah. And he tried so hard to get out of this at the end of the match that Kushida saw this and used this momentary lapse where Bailey was so focused on getting out of the armbar or the Kimura lock, the Kim- the lock that mm-hmm. he didn't expect Kushida to yank him backwards and nail him with a back to the future for the win. Yeah. I, and I was like, damn, that was a fuck. I'm like, that was a good ass fucking ending. 
Yeah, that ending was absolutely sick. Yeah, no, this match easily gets a mark out for me. I love this match. These two did a fantastic job. Like, Mike Bailey, our theory stands, Mikey, cannot have a bad match. If he does, no. it's either an outlier okay. or doesn't exist. We haven't seen one yet. Hopefully he keeps up that record. I'm sure he will. He's Mike, He's speedball Mike Bailey. He's, a, he's an amazing talent and really good at what he does. Yes, he is. And... I it is always a pleasure watching a Bailey match. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then it is my turn. And Zach, the match you gave me to check out was Roxy taking on Rachel Rose taking on Danny Bay from New Texas Pro Wrestling. That was B, but oh, sorry. Let me start again. Zach, the match you gave me was Roxy versus Rachel Rose versus Danny B from New Texas Pro Wrestling in a oh. triple threat match oh, I like for this the match a lot. New Texas Pro Wrestling Women's Championship. What'd you feel about it? Uh, this match was pretty good, actually. I really like this one. Uh, I like the fact that it was basically just Roxy versus Rachel Rose and Danny B was there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they kept, Roxy and Rachel Rose kept having a bunch of sequences. They kept beating the hell out of each other. And then every once in a while, Danny B would like sneak her way in and be like, hey, you want to like hit a double team move? Yep. And they're like, yeah, sure, you know. Sure, fuck it, it hurts them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you, you did an awesome, like, like you said before, you did an awesome job describing this match, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'm just going to go over some spots that I really liked. Uh, one of the spots was, uh, in the be- like, right in the beginning, where Rose and Roxy were, like, on e- were, like beating the hell out of each other, and then Danny D, like, snuck up behind, I think it was Rose, and just tried to roll her up really quick. Yep. And she kicked out and was like, what? And she just, like, hit her and was like, stop that. <laughs> anyway. Stop that. Uh, another, another, uh, Ro- there's Roxy and Rachel Rose have had had some amazing back and forth in this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, like, one of the big takeaways from this is it, it really doesn't feel like a triple threat. Like, like we keep saying, it actually did just feel like Roxy versus Rachel Rose and Danny B showing up sometimes. Um, but, there was one point where it was pretty funny where Rachel Rose had Roxy in the corner and was hitting chops. Mm-hmm. And Danny V was like, can I have a turn? And Rachel was like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Fuck it. Here, ready? Do it like this. Smack. And Danny V was like, alright, I got this. Eh. And like, barely hit Roxy. And um... Rachel was like, no, 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 I'll, you know, I'll give you one more try, but do it like this. Smack. And yeah. <laughs> And Danny B just could not hit a good chop. On, no, she could not. On Roxy, and it was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like Danny B this whole match was just getting into points where she had the upper hand, just like completely by accident. Yeah, like she kept just stumbling into parts of the match where she's like, "Oh, I can, I can sneak in a roll up here," you know? Yeah, like she just like would, like there'd be times where, like the two of them would like wipe each other out one and be like, "I won," and then Danny B would just show up and be like, "I nope, won, I'm though. here." Yeah, I won though. Mm-hmm. Your victory, like, my victory. <laughs> you win, we win. <laughs> um, I, I I can't talk about this match without talking about the Tower of Doom spot. Of course. Um, the big suplex electric chair spot that knocked out everybody. Uh, Roxy taking out Rose and B with a double DDT was really good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Roxy yelling back and forth between pitting the both of them, but they both kept kicking out. Yep. <laughs> uh. Then there was one point where Danny B gets some offense in and fi- and hits a double a code breaker on 
on Rose, but Roxy has, like, Rose in a waist lock, so she's back there, too. Mm -hmm. So, basically, she hits both of them with one codebreaker. Yep. Uh, takes them both down, but then after Rose, uh, gets back to her feet, she absolutely cuts Danny B in half with a spear. Yeah. Just. Uh, which takes her out of the, which basically, uh, just, just destroys her. It was rough. Uh, she goes for the pin, but Roxy breaks it up before the ref can get to three. Uh, and then Roxy is able to hit a spinning face buster to Rose onto Danny B, uh, to win the match. Mm-hmm. So she has a spinning face, sorry, she has a spinning face buster, two rows onto Danny B, and then pins Danny B. Yep. And then Roxy ends up taking this one home. Uh, this one was great. I loved the, like I said, I loved the dynamic that they were playing of, uh, of like, Danny B being, like, the extra third person that never should have been in this match in the first place. Yep. But it's like, I'm here now, so I'm gonna mess with you, you know? <laughs> and it was, uh, so good. So that was so good, and I really, really liked the whole the whole match in general. I'm thinking I'm gonna give it the high bet. I really, really enjoyed it. I was super duper into it. I don't think I crossed that. Mar- it didn't cross that mark out like fence for me, but it was still very. Yeah, good. I think I had a similar feeling about the match for me too. Yeah, but it was still really good, and I still really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna give it the high bet and say go check it out. Triple threat match between Agreed. Roxy, Rachel Rose, and Danny B over at New Texas Pro Wrestling. Definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Zach, that is a double down out of the way. So that just leaves us with the Pluggerinos. Also, I'm going to just start doing the plugs for a while because uh, the count out drive plug is a lo- is a while. So I'm just gonna we're just gonna stop doing the previews for a bit, and I'll just tweet them out. Okay. Okay. Um. So uh, with all that out of the way, that just leaves us with the plugs. So the biggest plug we have, biggest talking point. Is the Countout Drive? Go check out the Countout Drive. Go subscribe to the Countout Network. If you go to countoutpod.com/slash/membership, is where you can sign up. Uh, Five dollars a month gets you exclusive access to special audios that everyone in the Countout family recorded for you. Uh, you get you get instant access, and you have them forever. Once once you pay your five dollars, you get them once. You have them for as long as as long as you're a member. You have them all the time. Um, Zach, I think we recorded something pretty funny. We recorded, uh, <laughs> Indie Waters. Uh, if you like, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna say, if you like, uh, car racing, I think you'll enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a bunch of other fun, fun audios on there, like Your Dose of Beth, Fast Foodies, Hit the Death, the first ever episode of Happy Hour, and an exclusive audio from the girls over at How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling, which is coming soon. So keep that in mind. But what is most important here is that drive is running from the 9th to the 23rd. So get your $5 in when you can. Um, and all of and all of your uh, your $5 membership is going to go to the to the network. It's going to support uh, support everyone here on the network. This is us like holding out our hat asking for a little little donation to help us out, you know. We do a lot of work over here and we would just really appreciate it. But if you can't, uh, we'd really love if you spread the word. Uh, just get the word out to all your friends about the drive. Let them know what's going on. Um, but yeah, it'll just all any any money is going to be going toward improving improving the podcast as a whole, getting better equipment, uh, website costs, uh, merchandise costs, so we can get more merch in the store for you guys. All stuff like that. And like I said, when you become a member, uh, you'll get an 
email with an exclusive link to the Dropbox that has all that exclusive audio we just talked about, and the price is never going to change. It's going to be $5 a month forever, so go check out countoutpod.com slash membership for that over there. Um, And go check out, of course, go check out the rest of the shows here on the Countout Network, such as Hit the Books, uh, your, Hit the Books, Your Dose of Death, How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling, of course, this one, Independent Waters. And go check out Canada's new show, Ring Post Radio, where Ooh. Ryan where Ryan Knightsey and Scott Scotty Wrestling talk about just just get together and share their thoughts on the wrestling world in general for for an hour or two. It's really uh really a dope I think it's really a dope show and something we definitely needed on the network. So go check that out when you get the chance. Uh go give and go give all those star, go go give all those shows five star reviews over on Apple Podcasts uh and help us out. So, uh, I believe that's everything of mine out of the way. Zach, you got anything to plug? No. Never do. So, that just leaves <laughs> me with one thing left to say, and that is to remember that there's a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there. So never stop exploring. This has been a Countout Podcast.